Father, we thank you for your presence that's here right now. Father, it's so thick in this place, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, that, that you haven't forsaken us. God, whatever season we're in, Father, I pray that we would cling to know that, that you've never forsaken us. Not in this valley and not on my mountaintop. Lord, you are faithful and you are good. Lord, we thank you that your spirit is here. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah. The Bridge Church, y'all excited to be in church tonight? Y'all glad to be here? Well, you guys can be seated. I'm going to change up the order a little bit. Normally, we read our scripture. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to mix it up a little bit. But I'm excited. I'm excited to, to speak with you guys tonight. Um, I also want to take a moment and just thank our pastors. Thanks for just empowering me. Yeah, yeah. For empowering me, developing me, and, and just the opportunity that I have to, to speak into you guys. It's, it's not often that I get this opportunity. Normally, I'm, I'm on the other side of things. And and it's, uh, it's exciting. I'm, I'm excited. I really believe that God has a word for you tonight um, that's going to transform your perspective. And uh, so let's just go into it. Let's go into it. I'm going to start off with a short scripture uh, in the New Testament, but then I'm also going to go into uh, kind of a longer scripture in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, let's go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36. It says... For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. And in a, another translation, it says, will you actually put that up for me? It says, you need to persevere. So instead of endure, it says you need to persevere, so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Now, when I look at that, I, I don't really think that you need to persevere as a suggestion. When I read that, I think it's kind of more of a command. It's saying, you need to persevere. So we get in these moments in our life where we kind of feel like we're being um, sold short, if I, if I may. And, and I think that a lot of that goes to sometimes we just kind of throw in the towel. And I think that we throw in the towel. And, and God is a faithful God, but when we don't persevere, I feel like he doesn't necessarily give us all of what the promise had. And you kind of sell yourself short because you throw in the towel. And I think that that link really is just perseverance. And I really believe that that it's perseverance. And I think I want to jump into Joshua. So let's go to Joshua chapter 6, verse 1 through 14. So a little bit long of a story, but um, let's go into it. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go around the city once. This you shall do six days. And the seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times. And the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass... When they make a long blast with the ram's horns, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. 
Then the wall of the city will fall flat, fall down flat, and the people shall go up, every man straight before him. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant, and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, Proceed and march around the city, and let him who is armed advance before the Ark of the Lord. So it was when Joshua had spoken to the people that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns, ram's horns before the Lord advanced and blew the trumpets, and the Ark uh, of the Covenant of the Lord followed them. The armed men went before the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard came after the ark, with the priests continued blowing the trumpets. Now Joshua had commanded the people, saying, You shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth. Until the day I say to you, Shout, then you shall shout. So he had the ark of the Lord circle the city, going around it once. Then they came into the camp and lodged in the camp. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. Then seven priests bearing seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord went on continually and blew with the trumpets. And the armed men went before them. But the rear guard came after the ark of the Lord, while the priests continued blowing the trumpets. And the second day they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. So they did... All right, so they did six days. Everyone say six days. six days. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you that you are speaking, Father. And you're speaking the same way that you were in the Old Testament, Father. And we thank you. Lord, I pray that this wouldn't fall on deaf ears tonight, Lord. That you would speak. Father, it wouldn't be me that is speaking, Father. But it would be you speaking. And we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So the title of my sermon is don't stop on six. So don't stop on six. Now, I am not really a gamer. I don't play video games, but one of my best friends, and uh, he's been my best friend since first grade. And uh, actually, he's been my best friend since first grade. And, and he loves video games. He always has, and uh, he probably always will. And, but anyway, we just went on this fishing trip over the weekend to Lake Powell, and we're staying on his sister's houseboat. And we're taking a little bit of break from, from fishing. Um, and he's literally watching this other video gamer play the game. So I'm like, dude, what are you, what are you doing? And, and he's like, dude, I'm watching like this, this gamer. It's, it's what they would call a walkthrough. So it's something they call a walkthrough. And, and, and I'm asking him what it's all about. And, and he says, it's really cool because I kind of get the knowledge uh, that I need to advance to the next level. So the ones that I can't beat. I kind of get the knowledge that I need. So, so I'm like, okay, so a walkthrough, that's cool. You know, like I'm praying for you, whatever, just, just keep watching it. I don't, and, uh, but I felt like a little spark in my spirit because I feel like sometimes we can get that way with church. I feel like we, we end up coming to church with this idea of, well, I, I'm new, so I just want to learn. I want, I want to start out, you know, just kind of get my, my feet wet and I just want to learn. But then... What he was also explaining to me was that most people in this day and age kind of settle just to watch the game. I'm like, I'm like, so, you know, when was the last time you actually played this game? And he's like, dude, if I'm being totally honest, I kind of enjoy it more just watching someone else play the game than me playing it for myself. So 
that when it, when it sparked my spirit, I'm like, that's so how some people come to church. Yeah. They just like, ah, it's just a walkthrough. I'd rather watch someone else his miracle take place. Wow. And then when it's time for me to get into the game and it's time for me to go all in, they take a step back and say, no, no, no. I, I actually, I think I, I like it more on this side of it. I don't actually want to get involved. And I think that that's really dangerous because, because God gives us promises. God gives us promises. Is there anyone in this room that, that God has given a promise to, whether that was 10 years ago, whether that was two minutes ago in the middle of worship, whatever that may be? Has God ever given you a promise? And I think sometimes it can be frustrating because what we thought the promise was going to look like wasn't actually at all what, what it ended up being. And it, and it establishes a little bit of frustration, I think, in our hearts. And, and you know, I, I think that it's comforting to know that God is a faithful God, but it's also kind of this tension that, well, yeah, but... God, I've been waiting 10 years for this promise that you gave me all these years ago. But as we look at our text, Joshua is coming to Jericho after they've been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. So they've been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, and this is kind of that first step for them to, to step into their promised land. So it's kind of their first um, tier, I guess, if you will. And, and Joshua takes the Israelites to, to the base of, of Jericho. And, and something that I just recently learned was Jericho wasn't a large city. Uh, if you were to walk the perimeter, it would probably take you like an hour to get around the, the perimeter. But what, what sparks in the Bible this, this idea is because the Israelites didn't really have a good idea on, they were new to this idea of tall walls. So when they saw these big walls and all the gates locked and they saw all of these things, they said this city's huge. And I think that when we go back to verse 2, it says, See, I have given Jericho into your hands. God is the only person that can get away with this because he's literally talking in the past tense about a battle that Joshua hasn't even fought yet. And I think that it's crazy because he also talks that way about the battle that we're facing. We may not see the victory we may not even see a light at the end of the tunnel but God is talking past tense about you know in a sense he's almost like that was cute you know just the, just on the other side just wait just wait because I'm going to do something even greater and what's kind of um it's kind of there's things that happen and I think in our heart when the promise doesn't go the way that we thought like I had mentioned and I've got three points for you tonight that are kind of, when you get into this place and this tension when it doesn't go the way that you thought, I want to address these three points, and I hope that it encourages you. Because the first point is, our perspective gets obstructed. So our perspective gets obstructed. And as we look at verse 2, it says, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, but Joshua sees something completely different. If we look at the first verse, and we reference back to that, it says, Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. So from his perspective, he sees it's shut up, the doors are locked, it's going to be impossible to get in there. But from God's perspective, he sees something entirely different because if we really dive into the first verse, it says, Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. 
So from his perspective, Jericho is locked up. The people of Jericho are locking the doors because they're scared, because they're scared of the Israelites, because they're scared of what they're going to do. So that perspective of they're already beginning with a perspective of fear. But, and they're coming in with a perspective from an offensive perspective. And I think a lot of that honestly probably just comes down to heavenly perspective. God knew what was going to take place. In point number two, it says our progress isn't always obvious. And I think that's a frustrating thing because if I were God and I was trying to motivate the Israelites and after the first day they walked around and I wanted, to, I wanted to motivate them and make sure that they knew that they were doing a good job. I feel like if they did the first lap, the first day's done, I'd probably like make a brick fall. Just one brick, I'd make it fall for them. And then they'd be like, all right, that's a sign. Everything's going to be good. Then the next day they walk around, make two bricks fall. And then that way they at least kind of know that they're on the right track. But he didn't do that at all because... Nothing happened. We look at the scripture and not a single thing happened for the first six days. And for me, this is kind of why I think I hate exercise as well. Because, because it's like, man, if I could just sit down and do a set on, on the bench press and it just, once I rack it and I sit up and it's just like, boom, boom. And it's just like, ah, oh, yeah. But then I go to the curl and I just start curling. And after my set, it's just like, boom, boom. Or, or I'm doing a plank for like a minute and then I get up and it's just like, <laughs> like, I mean, that, then at that point, I'd stay in the gym all day because I'm immediately seeing the results, and the, the burn would be worth it, and the effort would be worth it, and having to eat meal after meal would be worth it because I can see the results. And I feel like we don't really get that. But if we look at all of Scripture, we see the foundation of Scripture says that we walk by faith and not by sight. So... The whole foundation of what the Bible is built on is the exact opposite of what we want. But then we look at scripture and it's still built on that because Jesus didn't or but God didn't do anything. So the question becomes, will you keep walking even when it doesn't seem to be working? Will you keep walking even when it doesn't seem to be working? Like, why didn't God ever give them a clue? Why didn't God ever give them a hint that they were doing the right thing. And we haven't even, honestly, we haven't even talked about how the Israelites, how their trust was with Joshua. You know, it's like, I feel like they would probably come into this kind of hopeful, and then at the second day, I feel like their trust slowly depletes. You know, they're just, they're just going in like, man, I don't know, maybe Joshua's, Josh, yeah, I'll call him Josh, you know. I feel close to him. So, you know, maybe, maybe Josh was smoking something, you know. Maybe, maybe he wasn't really hearing right. And we run into this problem because I really could feel like each day that passes, they lose trust in their leader. Could you imagine that perspective of being the leader saying, I know this is God's voice. I know he's going to come through. I know his promise will be fulfilled but then people start falling off like flies. I can only imagine that perspective. And I also kind of imagine it. it. It says that they go back to their camp. But I kind of imagine it. And I'll kind of derail the story a little bit to, for the sake of imagery. But imagine if they were like going home. Imagine if they were going home and, 
and they walk in and their wife is at home and 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 she's like well how, how did today go you know my my mighty warrior how did today go and well we just kind of walked around the city we, we weren't allowed to say anything you know really it was more just kind of a, a day of, of exercise if, and uh and, and she's like, oh, you, no, that's cool. Y'all, y'all are just staking the territory, trying to figure out, pick apart the city. You no, know, that's cool. That's great. That's great. And then the second day comes around, and he comes home, and, man, my mighty warrior, whose head did you cut off today? You know, and no, no, we just, we just walked around the city again. And I feel like it could be so easy for her to be like, man, what are you, what are you doing following Joshua? What are you doing? And I feel like we have those people in our lives that we're holding on to this promise that God gave us years ago, but then we also have people saying, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing there? God hasn't come through. You think he ever will? We have people in our lives that are speaking things, but the reality is, is the obedience is our job, but the outcome is God's, and that's what it comes down to, and and I want to restate this question. Will you have the faith to believe what God is working, um, even if it's not working? Will you have the faith to believe that God is still working, even when we don't see it? And I think so often we get so focused on the, bo- uh, on the battle that God wants to win for us, and we don't even realize that the greatest battle is the one that he wants to win within us. So there's moments that, that maybe... God wants to win the battle within us first before he can even win the battle for us that we've been praying for. Just because your progress isn't obvious doesn't mean that your faith isn't working. And I feel like I'm here tonight to tell you that your promise still stands. I don't know what your promise is, but your promise still stands. And I'm believing that God is going to see it come to pass because he is a good God and a faithful God. Your promise stands still stands, and, and I'm going to be very vulnerable with you tonight and, and share a story, really, that I've never shared with anyone, and, and I told Allie uh, when I was kind of giving her my little sneak peek into the, to the sermon, and, and there was a moment, you know, when I was writing this down, and I, tears just started to fall on, on the notepad, and when I was a young kid, I struggled a lot with, um, like, birth defects. I had a lot of birth defects when I was born, and and from that, it, it caused a lot of pain growing up. And, and I grew up in a Pentecostal home, and I was in the prayer line every Sunday in the front, like, man, God is going to heal me. I remember being a little kid and, and my heart being so full, like, God's going to do it. I'm seeing miracles all around me. God's going to do it. And as I got older, you know, uh, I would have a preacher come, and he would prophesy, man, you're going to have a healing over your body. You know, you're, you're going to walk without a limp. You're going to, the curve in your spine is going to go away. And, and I held to these promises that I felt like God was saying. And I, and I still believe that they are promises. But, but I found myself year after year slowly believing that, that God wasn't going to do it. And, and I, see, I see people around me walking away healed. And I see all of these people and, and being on the stage and singing, God, breakthrough's coming. I'm believing for it. And I'm singing these truths that, that I believe. But then I, I find myself kind of on my own 
saying, God, where, where are you? Those were my promises, and, and people are walking away with them. And I, I felt like that God is just, I, I don't think that I'm there. I, I think I still am growing, and I'm still trying to, to get better, but, but I believe that my promise still stands. I believe that I will walk without a limp. I will walk, and I'm believing for it. But then I also think about the perspective. If God was up there and, and he was saying, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't stop on six. I, I see him looking down like, Josh, don't give up. Because your promise is right on the other side. Don't give up. Don't give up. And I want to go into point three. And it says, our process is open-ended. And I think that that's probably the hardest one for me because I like to have a plan. I like to be organized. I like to ha be able to execute in, in the best way that I can. And, and I just find myself asking, like, how long, God? How long is it going to be? How long is it going to be before, before this promise comes to pass? Year after year, praying, fasting, worshiping through it. God, how much longer is this going to be? And it's so frustrating because it is open-ended. God works differently with different people to get his glory out of all of it. And, and I, couldn't, I couldn't even imagine being Joshua, having all of these people follow you and not really knowing. Because he didn't know it was going to be on, on the seventh lap. He was just following God's voice. He didn't know. I could only imagine how that feels. And part of me feels like I kind of have a pretty good idea. And God says, if I would have done it for you on the first lap, you would have thought it was your voice. If I would have done it for you on the first lap, you thought it was you walking around. You, you would have thought it was your voice. It was your shout. And you would have thought that it was you. But I have to take you around round and round again and I don't really watch a whole lot of NASCAR to be honest with you I, uh, but yeah but a few nights ago I found myself like late night just mindless entertainment looking up like the worst crashes in, in NASCAR it's kind of satisfying knowing like this car is flying through the air at 200 miles an hour and then he just kind of like undrapes the thing and gets out and was like man what the heck you know and but I was looking and I, and I saw that there was a box on the screen and it said laps left and then as they're going around the last lap someone waves a white flag and they say it's just a, a, I, I guess they, they say it's like they're waving letting everyone know this is the last lap give it everything that you've got left give it all that you've got left they wave the white flag. Now, wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice if life had a little box in the corner saying, saying laps left? That would be awesome. Wouldn't it be awesome if we had someone waving the white flag saying, one more lap, your promise is coming. But we don't. We don't, we don't have that, that luxury. And in fact, we, we end up actually waving our own white flag, a flag of surrender. 
God, I can't do this anymore. God, I have nothing left. I've got nothing left. I'm at my rope's end. But that's the exact moment that God says, okay, that's something I can work with. Now it's time. Now you're ready because I know that I'm going to get all of the glory. So don't stop on six. I don't know what it is that you're going through, but don't stop on six. You're closer than you think you are. Your victory, your promise is closer than you realize, but don't stop on six. And it may not be tomorrow. Can I be honest? It may not be tomorrow, but don't stop on six because when that moment comes, your life will change forever and God will get all of the glory. So if you guys will stand up, I want to pray with you. Don't stop on six. Don't stop on six. And I want to pray if you guys could bow your heads and close your eyes. If there's a promise that God's given you that hasn't yet come to pass, I want you to raise your hand. If you're believing for something, I see those hands. Thank you. Thank you. So, Lord, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you that you are a faithful God. We stand on that foundation right now, God. We come into alignment with your spirit right now, God. We thank you, Lord. I pray for a new level of patience and understanding, Father. We may not know what is all going to be a part of this victory, God, but you do. You do, and we thank you, Jesus, God, that, that you're working even when we don't see it that you are working even when we don't see it, God, that you're taking what the enemy meant for evil and you are turning it for good. And I pray right now, Jesus, for those people that are holding on to their promise that you've given them, Father. I pray that you would just cover them with your peace right now, God, a peace that surpasses all understanding. God, I pray for the courage right now, God, for us not to throw in the towel, for us not to wave the white flag, for us not to stop on six. Because we know that you are faithful. We believe that you are faithful. And we thank you, Jesus. God, that your glory will shine through all of this. Even in the deepest, darkest moments. God, when it's just you and me. God, we believe that you're going to work it all together for our good. We thank you for what you've done tonight. We thank you, God, that you've spoken. And we thank you for everything that you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, I hope that this encourages you tonight. And this uh we've got bridge course coming up this sunday and and uh we're, we're getting ready to do a baptism service so so be praying about that we're excited about that but we're gonna do the bridge declaration and then y'all are dismissed so here we go i am a bridge builder this is my season of favor i am blessed to live my best i will choose to love him first i will worship fully love deeply, and my community will thrive because I am praying for it. 
I am a carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. I will live out his gospel. I am blessed to live my best because I am a bridge builder. We love you, Bridge Church. We'll see you on Sunday. We're so glad you joined us today. If you made a spiritual decision, whether that was dedicating your life to Christ or rededicating your life to Christ, send us an email at info at weirbridge.church and let us know you made that spiritual decision. Also, if you're joining our Bridge Church family online for the first time, we have a very special gift for you. Send us an email at info at wearebridge.church to share some information on where we can send you that gift. We're so glad you joined us today, and we can't wait to see you soon. Be sure to stay connected, because we're so much better. Together. together.